in a universe where life does not end at death, we explore the infinite possibilities forged by our very minds. Welcome to our Theodian Anthologies. Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the Arthadian Anthologies podcast, where I, MS Arthadian, dive into the ever-expanding universe I'm developing and the deeper meaning behind it all. There are several factions that have stood the test of time. One of those is Corps Command. Standing tall since cycle 45 after convergence, the military force is one of the greatest that has come from the realms. Not because of their strength and tenacity, but because of how efficient they managed to stay over the course of millennia. In fact, some say the only reason why they have just recently lost their way is due in part to the core reset. Before then, it was a privilege to bear witness to the forces that protected the pillars. Before we get started on this entry, you should check out the Core Command Codex entry I released back in November of 2020. You can find it at arthadianandologies.com slash post slash core command. In that codex entry, it details the five primary branches of Core Command. With that knowledge, you'll be able to better understand where I go from here. Jumping around the full timeline of the Core Realms, Core Command began with the founding of the CAA in the capital environment of Voestevez. Branch 1 didn't come into fruition until approximately six cycles later. From the training of their recruits, Command was helmed by a great many refugees who knew what it took to survive. Those with its knowledge were granted the rank of officials within command. This meant they were in charge of entire armadas and were the greatest military strategists alive. These officials began three separate regiments based off of the fresh recruits they had at their disposal. The first training course is that of the Enforcer Regiment. Under this course, the training consists of mundane tasks, but is built to bring out the formidable presence of Corps Command. Those who are assigned as an enforcer are those you would not want to encounter in hand-to-hand -hand combat. They typically make up branches 1 and 2. The second course is the Operative Regiment, meant specifically for those who are specialists in the field. Operatives reside mostly in branches 3 through 5. For example, in the Hearts of Glory arc, a core was a science operative. And out of the three regiments, operatives are the most abundantly found. They study tactical strategies and military warfare in order to be on the same page as their commanders. As for the last course, it is the Commander Regiment. Being the best of the best, those given the mantle of commander are respected as leaders who will succeed the current officials. They are least abundant but serve within all branches of Corps Command. To become a commander, they must first prove themselves as both tactical and formidable. Within the timeline since Cycle 45 after Convergence, there have been numerous times where Corps Command fought against existential threats. You know one of those to be the Void Threat of Cycle 874, detailed in Entry 12 of this podcast. Thankfully, due to Branch 5, they devised a plan to create a Sin Command that helped face off against the Void Threat. But ever since then, it has been a directive for the most elite squadrons coming out of the CAA to face off against the Void. In a way, it is the best first-hand experience an officer can receive, as the consumed are not a laughing matter. After 874, the next time Corps Command went through a drastic change was around cycle 5926. It was at this time that Command encountered the infamous Sphore Infinite. This change was brought on by Sphore refugees who had been devastated by the Vite Rebellion. 
From those refugees, some decided to volunteer to become command officers. It was at this moment Corps Command had been infiltrated by those that would do it harm. At the time, the officials of Corps Command had no true knowledge of what the Sphore Infinite would bring to them, only that the Infinite had managed to stay around for longer than the realms had converged. They felt they could learn their ways. As a result, a new society on the harbor emerged that was of Sphore Infinite territory. That territory stuck around for almost six millennia. Thankfully, though, the regulations placed on societies on the harbor kept the infinite in check, handling all their correspondence through the Runeforger database. Then after the abyssal terror of cycle 10,000, a conflict broke out with war between Core Command and the harborers for infinite. From this conflict, Command nearly lost 60% of its recruits to the infinite, but with the Runeforger's help, they were able to dispatch the totalitarian society back to their home galaxy. Many felt this to be a mistake, that they would only come back for vengeance, to return back to the Pillars and conquer them. The Runeforges took this into account and had aid from the gatekeepers of the Quantum Force. With this, they were able to block off entanglement with all QF found in infinite territory. It's been maintained this way ever since. Out of that event, Corps Command shifted its policies on who could be eligible to become an officer. Now, instead of all core denizens, only those from a list of societies that hold life as sacred may join the ranks of command. Jumping ahead to approximately cycle 15,639, Core Command became the leading military force throughout the realms as one of their officers was seen in the same light as that of Vector. He was seen as a legend. When looking back at Vector, I have yet to tell the full legend as his story is one that highlights the first age of the Corps. Though he was a Corps Command officer, he had left command to become more of a free agent. However, when it came to Zyron Wrath, his legend stands to be one of Corps Command's greatest achievements. This was the commander who led a new recruit squadron and eventually an entire armada to victory against the fanatic cult that sought to revive the will of Ragos. To get a better grasp as to how important this was, the original reason for the realms to converge was to defeat an entity known as Ragos. This is what brought about the birth of Runeforgers and the core itself. So, in the full scope of this, Zarin made core command into a force that could fend off threats the Runeforgers would usually have to handle. Up until the reset, Core Command bolstered their forces up with the help of Commander Zyron until his untimely demise. It was at that point the officials needed someone else to be their next Zyron. Therefore, they looked to Zyron's son, Karo, who joined Core Command as an enforcer. However, Karo was less of a team player than his late father. Now, Core Command after the reset has changed their course. Instead of continuing to stay true to the pillars, they have instead expanded out to other worlds throughout the realms. These command colonies, as they refer to them, are a product of the reset in their eyes. Under the new leadership, the command officials felt it was time to expand. With the Alliance Archivist and their science division, they felt it would be the best course of action to take after the massive surge that wiped everyone's memories. As of cycle 120 after the reset, the current officials are as follows. General Frieden Mason of the Requisite Garrison he is known to be the first line of defense for the Pillars helming Branch 2. General Rives Prutel of the Estevez Garrison. He is the head of Branch 1, 
Training and Maintaining the Security Forces for Societal Standards. Admiral Optina Mize of the Fleet Titan Barricade. I'm sure you can guess, she manages the defensive armada for the pillars against invasions. Admiral Inzen Volton of the Fleet Titan Visceral. You already know about his involvement with the command colonies, but he also is the one that is the most targeted by counter-command. And lastly, Grand Admiral Desir Reeves of the 405th Legion. He helms the largest force in all of Corps Command, the same force that is trained from the same regiment that Zyron Wrath established before the reset. Thankfully, Fragmentation was able to recover such memories from the past. As you can see, there are only five in the officials at Cycle 120. The other two officials were Admiral Vixen Rasa and Grand General Enclo Webb, both who perished in the Battle of Caius, Cycle 104, Array 2, Mark 3-22. This Battle of Caius spearheaded the escalation of the war against Counter-Command. With the bloodiest battle to date, the forces sent to Caius were all but wiped out, with remaining survivors taken prisoner. So far, Caius has been untouchable with Counter-Command strategies consolidating power on the resource-abundant command colony. By Cycle 120, there hasn't been a battle there since. Only fighting for notable strongholds throughout the colonies has occurred. But, some in Corps Command believe a larger battle is due to arrive. I thank you for listening to this entry. Next week will be an entry on Counter Command and the former commander. Tyke. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can now check out subscribestar.com slash Anthologies. For only $3 a month, you will gain access to future exclusive podcast entries and blog content that will deepen the knowledge you find here. You can also support this podcast through leaving a tip on Anchor. There should be a link in the description of this episode. But in the end, the best way you can support my work is through joining ArthadianAnthologies.com and sharing it with your friends for new ways to entertain themselves and immerse themselves. Until then, thank you again for your support. Be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, may you be reborn in power. <laughs>